Because of the coronavirus epidemic and to respect social distancing guidelines, this episode of Civil Politics was recorded remotely over Zoom. Good evening and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow. I'm doing the show tonight with John Roberts and Sue Timberlake. It's true. He is. Right now. Hey as there. we're as we're recording. Doing the show with us. And uh yeah, well there's there's plenty to talk about. Uh but I think the first thing we're gonna have to dive into is the is what's going on in Ukraine. But uh just we do love to hear from our listeners, whether they wanna talk about uh uh, war in Europe or politics at home or uh, the minutia of uh, which Muppet movie is the best, but whatever. We'd love it's to hear Muppet from movie. you. Muppet movie. Yeah. Um, bear left. <laughs> it's just the Muppet movie. That's just, so that's an easy uh, one. <laughs> yeah. Anywho, uh, you can get in touch with us. Uh, contact at civilpoliticsradio.com. Uh, that is also our website, civilpoliticsradio.com, if you want to listen to previous episodes of the show, catch the supplemental episodes we do, and see other good stuff as well. Uh, or you can uh, find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash civilpoliticsradio, or at civilpoliticsfm on the Twitters. So many options, all of which are good ways to get in touch with us in some way, shape, or form. So... Um, yeah, so we're two weeks into uh, we uh, uh, people like me in the United States are have been watching in shocked disgust and horror for two weeks now as the Russian army has tried to uh, conquer the 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 nation of Ukraine. Um, and on the one hand, uh, I'm very pleased that it hasn't gone as smoothly as uh, Vladimir Putin wanted. And on the other hand, I'm really, really, you know, just horrified, just dismayed and uh, yeah, like, oh, this isn't as easy as we thought it was going to be. Guess we'll have to resort to just, uh, 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 you know, wholesale slaughter and brutality. So that's, you know. Good times. Um, good times. Yeah. I mean, you- anytime you get an artillery barrage on a maternity hospital, you know, it's. It's it's just a, a laugh a minute. Can you say Aleppo? Yes. I mean, that's what they did in Syria. Uh, Aleppo, Grozny. Like this is this is not new for Russia. But uh, one thing that is quite different is and, and this is this is true, even though Aleppo was, was, you know, quite recently. But just there is just so much more on the ground social media. There's so many more people with smartphones able to cover things and show us what's going on and and get the word out and stay connected to the to the outside world uh in a way that uh wasn't possible. You know, like like the Assad regime was doing its best to keep a lid on things and the Russians helped and the infrastructure in Syria wasn't as uh uh robust or as as undestroyed as 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 things became in Syria, by the time the Russians started to, 
you know, just wholesale start blowing things up and using, you know, barrel bombs to destroy neighborhoods. So, uh, yeah, but what about the chemical weapons they used in Syria? Now they're threatening to use them in the Ukraine. Oh yeah, no, it's it, it's it's uh. it's it's all terrible. I just uh, it's 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 more visible now what's happening. Uh, the the way the, the the Russian style of war is more visible, I think, than it's ever been before. And um, I don't know the the thing I I particularly wanted to to sort of mention about this, and I like I don't have like a ton of you know clever insights or you know breaking news that uh, you know our our listeners need to hear that they can't get from you know the New York Times or whatever, but. Um, the thing that's really striking me about this is there is this tension where uh, uh, Vladimir Putin is clamping down more and more on the uh, on information and media in Russia. Um, uh, they're getting more and more uh, uh, straightforwardly brutal. In how they're prosecuting the war, um, they are uh, doing all that they can to spread uh, disinformation. You know, like, oh no, we didn't actually hit a, a, a maternity hospital. That's a lie. And you know, these people are the actors who were faking it, and so forth. Um, and you know that that's nothing new. But the way that uh, the rest of the world, is, you know, and Facebook and Twitter are shutting that down is new and different. Um, but the, the, the other part of that is that, um, increasingly lots of people in Russia and lots of Russian soldiers in the field don't seem to be interested in taking part in what's going on. You know, like it is hard to kill another human being. It is hard to shoot someone you know, for, for no particular reason. I mean, you know, it's like, I'm really angry with you or I'm desperately scared and you're attacking me, you know, like in the heat of the moment, it's, it's easy to see these things happen, but just in general, it's just like, all right, well, I've been ordered to go out here and I've got a rifle and there's some guys over there. God, I really would prefer if they don't shoot me. So I'll, you know, fire my gun over that way, but I'm not going to worry too much about actually hitting anybody. If I can scare them off, that's great. That's all I really care about, them not shooting me. Um, and I, I, I well, so... That's what we, the artillery fire is for from 50 miles away, because you don't right. have to see what you're bombing. Right. Did you right. see the and, piece well, I just, the two, two well, guys in the press just, that were sh shot by the Russians? They were trying to cover the kindergarten bombing and the two... Um, um, no, you two, mean two journalists were shot by them? Two journalists, yeah, two press. No, I didn't, were, I, I didn't were, see that, but I'm not surprised. It, yeah, CNN had it. They they actually, they had tried to go where the kindergarten was and they were shelling, so they got in their car, which is marked press. CNN covered it. And they um, they were driving away and uh -huh. two uh, a Russian group of soldiers opened fire on them and they um they got away from them in the car but one of them's in they he got airlifted to the netherlands he's actually from the netherlands oh wait those british journalists this was a few days ago yeah yep. i saw that yeah yep. yeah mm -hmm. yeah yep. unbelievable totally marked the press totally opened fire on them and they were not killed because they were already moving and 
kept moving, I guess, in the car. But and yeah, the bulletproof vests um, helped too, I'm sure. But well, the 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 thing that's that strikes that's striking me about this is um, we're seeing like this, you know, this this absolutely totalitarian, brutal dictator approach from Vladimir Putin that is increasingly you know, uh, uh, uncloaked in its operations and and how it's behaving and it, its consequences and the the harm it's inflicting on people and the harm it requires ordinary soldiers to inflict on other people and the on the other hand like there are there's a not insignificant number of russian soldiers who are like wait i don't want to do this you know the hell with this like i'm you know like oh uh my gun's jammed oh the tank ran out of gas oh i've been captured you know just just not participating just finding ways to opt out to not fight as hard as they can to like bail out on the war altogether and i just at some point that kind of attrition that kind of uh, defection uh from the ranks might seriously undermine the ability of the russian army to keep the war going and i just i'm i'm fascinated because um you know, I'm not a student of of military history, so I'm not like a I don't have like a, an encyclopedic knowledge of the subject. But I'm really trying to think of an example where uh, we've got a war of conquest like this happening, and uh, a significant portion of of the army that's trying the conquest just isn't having it, just doesn't want to do it. And who, who was the general that Lincoln fired? He couldn't get them to; they wouldn't attack. Uh, um, uh, 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 McClellan, uh, McClellan, uh, James McClellan. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. The, and uh, great quartermaster, terrible, terrible field commander. Yes. Yep. Didn't want to, didn't want to engage. In fact, Lincoln organized, went down there and organized an attack himself, um, and, and took a, took a boat across and, you know, it's really interesting. And then he, he replaced him as a general. But you know that's why Putin's bringing in mercenaries now. Did you hear that? He's he started. I heard he's to, recruiting uh, people from Syria and other yeah. places. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And the reason he's doing that is they're they're more highly motivated. Plus, they commit more war crimes because they're not um, they're not disciplined, or they dis well, I, Let me put it differently. They're disciplined in a different way. They're well, disciplined I, to you know take no prisoners. I. I, I Discipline may may well play a role. I don't want to say that that's that's wrong, but I I think part of the point is um, people from Syria probably don't speak fluent Russian and certainly won't almost certainly won't be speaking fluent Ukrainian, so they won't have like the same kind of linguistic and cultural connection, the sense of shared history and identity. You know, it'd be. You know, if the United States decided to invade Canada, a thing we could do, I think there's going to be a certain amount of like, wait, why are we shooting these people in Toronto? I mean, like they're Blue Jays fans. I mean, like, yeah, I want the Red Sox to beat the Blue Jays, but I mean, I don't want to shoot these people. What the hell? Why it's are we bothering? Hockey, it's it's yeah. their hockey team that we... But well, well, I right. I mean, part of the Canadians are terrible, but that's a whole problem. different thing. You know, but I mean, you know, <laughs> why do I want to, why do I want to blow up Toronto? Why do I want to shoot up people in Toronto? I don't. You know, and well, I, and I they can speak to me just fine. Problem. And I understand when they say, like, God, don't shoot us. Please go home. We don't want you here. Like, OK, I'll 
fine with me. <laughs> this is terrible. I don't want to be here. So I just, well, I, I don't know. You, I, I'm fascinated to see how this plays out. And I'm hoping it's going to lead to the whole war fizzling out and not to uh, Mr. Putin deciding to keep doubling down to the point where he starts using chemical weapons and you know, smaller nuclear weapons to say, like, all right, well, you, you won't, you won't, you won't abandon Kiev. Fine, I'll just drop a nuke in the center of it, and and then yeah. there's a question of what do we do then? You know, how does the United States respond if the Russians use one or two nuclear weapons in uh, uh, U- U- Ukraine? You know, well, like, you guys, you know, no, I'm a hawk, right? Well, sure. So I I thought we should have sent in drones in the beginning, and I I think we should have gotten them the MIGs if we could. And I think Putin Putin is just basically blackmailing us, and I understand it will escalate, which I think it already has. You know, Putin says, "Oh, don't do that. That'll be considered an act of war. Oh, don't do that. It'll be." Well, meanwhile, he does all the stuff he's talking about. So I I, I just. I do think that there's a lot of Russian soldiers that don't want to fight and don't want to go and, you know, speak the same language. And you saw the ones where people stop the tank with their hands. But did you also yeah. see the one where the tank went across the road and went up and drove over a car? It was, happened really early in the war. I did. And the mm-hmm. tank was on the opposite side of the road. And you could see it took a turn and went right up over this car and, you know, assumed they killed the the guy in the car, but the Ukrainians went and pulled him out. Yeah. But that, you know, all those people are in a war, the people that, you know, have trouble with it, the people that, you know, Putin told them they were going to be on a training mission. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. People who enjoy um, stick time, as they call it in the police, you know, people who enjoy hurting other people and look at our people that man, the drones, not man, the drones, but um, sent the drones from far, far away into Iraq. And, um, you know, they, some of them were traumatized by it, but some of them it's like a video game because you're remote from what's happening to people. So I, I sort of, I, I heard a general and he was, I would say not a good general. I'll just say it that way. Not, (laughs) not my, not, not my kind of general. And he was early on, he was talking about the Russian soldiers who were, you know, starting to hurt people and looting and, you know, breaking into stores and taking money and food and stuff. And he was basically saying, oh, they're undisciplined, they're criminals, they're horrible, you know, they all have to be executed. And I was thinking, you know, that's exactly how people go to war is that they think that those Russian soldiers are actually kids and they're hungry. They haven't had food in two or three weeks. You know, they don't have any money. They haven't been paid in months because they're saying that's what's happened to the Russian soldiers. And, you know, before you jump to the conclusion that they're horrible, they might actually be starving. Well, and, and they're, they're, they're unsupervised, kids. you know, they're, they're, they're late teens, early twenties, you know, so they're like, you know, it's the college football team you know, basically has been turned loose without adult supervision and the rules totally don't apply because, you know, it's a war. So, yeah, yeah, break into that convenience store and steal all the vodka and candy bars. 
you know. And did um, you see the U- yeah. UK Ukrainian general who found out that some of the folks in his army had alcohol in their backpacks and he just sure. dumped them all out and broke them. But yeah, it's sort of I mean these are all anecdotes, I guess, is sort of the short piece. And I think what happens next to Ukraine is horrifying. And I think I think we should intervene. I do. I just I, I well, I don't think we should intervene directly because I don't because I, I don't want to play the game of escalation that leads to a broad conflict militarily between the United States and, and Russia. Because A, They're that's going to kill nuclear because power that's plants. Gonna, well, like the more directly we get we and get involved, the more likely lots and lots of people are going to get killed, and the more the greater the possibility that we will back Mr. Putin into a corner where he basically feels like I'm damned if I do, I'm damned if I don't. So I might I will as start. well, right? Exactly, and uh, nobody wins a nuclear war. So you know, let's let's. I I I I think in this case there is a there is a, a a very good reason for us to not directly engage, however horrible it is. And I'm I'm hopeful, and I you know I don't know how this is going to play out. I can't possibly predict, but I I still hold out hope that the possibility of uh, uh, empathy and identification and uh, reaching across boundaries and, you know, kindness and God, you guys just been thrown into this, haven't you? Look here, man, have a sandwich, have a cup of coffee. You want to call your mom like that? More of that might actually win the day that that might in the end stop the war or, or, or cause it to fizzle out. I don't know. I mean, probably not. I suppose. I don't know if it's ever worked before. But I feel like this is a new and different thing, you know, like the possibility of, you know, soldiers on the Western Front in the First World War didn't have the option to, to, to you know, get captured by the enemy and call mom, you know, like that wasn't a thing you could do. So, yeah, I don't know. They, I don't know. They did sing Silent Night one night, but. Yes. Yes. The Christmas Truce of 1914. And uh, the yeah. uh, officer corps on both sides made a point of uh, making sure that did not happen again the following year. <laughs> so anyway, I'm yeah. sorry. I don't know. John, I know you didn't want to talk much about Ukraine. and I've, I've always spent a good chunk of this time. I, talking about, I, mean, I, just, I just I think it's important to know. talk about Ukraine. I just don't have a lot to add to it. Just yeah, sucks. Don't like it. Thumbs it down. Does. Yeah. Very two much. Out not, of, two out of ten. Yeah, would definitely no. not. Yeah, it would be one out of ten if if, if nukes started flying. But yeah, no. It, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. It's it's you know, civil politics. You know, this isn't politics. This isn't civility. This isn't you know kindness. This isn't uh, any kind of discussion or recognition of the the inherent human value of the other people involved. Um, you know, I mean, even though Sue is an evil Republican and I'm a crazy lefty. <laughs> You know, <laughs> we're still pals, you know? Notice I didn't say yeah. anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, John is very quiet. Thank God I'm for just, John. I'm just, I'm just over here. Uh, sure. <laughs> yep. I'm not disagreeing with you at all. Uh, I'm glad that you have some um, self-reflection going on there. Um, <laughs> So I, I, I'm proud. I'm proud of you. 
Thank you. <laughs> so can we end, end Ukraine on a good note? Um, not the Please. little girl that sang Let It Go and all the other musicians and stuff. But, um, you know, uh, Putin has has said that if you say the word war or invasion, that you can go to jail for 15 years. So the, the thing that's happening this week in Russia from the people that don't agree with what's going on, the, what the Russians are doing, they've been uh, circulating a picture of the book cover of uh, Leo Tolstoy's famous novel. And the title of the book is now, um, oh, I had it earlier, uh, Special Military Operation and Peace. <laughs> so they're not they're not doing anything illegal. They're it's just, a classic. <laughs> it's a classic. So I don't know. You know, people thank God for social media because there aren't that many folks that watch TV in Russia that are, you know, they're like my age that watch TV and they wholeheartedly believe Putin, which is scary. But the young people and people who have some access to social media some other way. You know, we're going to have to rely on them to to turn to turn Russia away from this, because I don't know how else it 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 changes. Because Putin, this is his, you know, this is important to him. This is important to his existence as a human being. He just has no value in his own mind unless he, you know, recreates the USSR, and that's yeah. that's deadly for all of us. So. Um, if oh. that's true, and I think I agree, then no amount of People on like people communicating or anything are going to dissuade him. This is the the way that this stops is either he says, "Well, okay, that's fine," or there's some sort of assassination or coup. That's it. Mm, well, I mean, that's not how the USSR actually fell, but yeah, you know. yeah. But well, they were the, this. I'm I'm talking about this war. I'm talking yeah. about like. The the USSR fell at, like from a, a death of a thousand cuts, like it just fell apart. Um, well, the Chernobyl is, disaster played a major role, so I it just did. like it once again did. trouble coming out of the Ukraine. <laughs> yeah. So what? But what I'm saying is the the way that this war stops because he's so invested in it clearly, and he does not give a whatever um, about like what any of his advisors say or anything like he's a strong man he's a he's a you know he's in complete control so the only way this is, is going to stop is either either he decides to stop or someone decides for him to stop hmm. uh protests and communication on the ground and everything the only way that that's going to stop things is if it inspires someone to say no we're not doing this anymore and clonks them on the head and drags them out like oversized mallet, probably um, just clonks them on the head, drags them out, signs, signs in his name that we're going to stop or something like that. That's the only way that he, he, I, I highly right. doubt that he will be convinced in any sort of way to stop uh, this attack and stop the war unless it's on either on his terms or he's forced to go by someone else's terms which means like i said a coup or an assassination or a kidnapping or something something to take well, him I'm, out of play or i i'm i'm hoping his army dissolves because too many of them don't want to do it and and that would that would 
force him to say, "All right, fine, we're, we'll stop." That would know. take the. But like, who knows? That would be more of a coup thing because that that would mean the generals are are saying, "No, screw you." Like that would be, yeah, could be. the 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 army dissolving would take years to really. I don't know. Um, but it, it wouldn't I, just I, fall apart. I mean, I'm I'm just saying, like I hope so. This is a yeah. this is a situation that can only end when something is like something major major changes uh and um i i love i love uh activism and i love protests and i love people um trying to trying to change things um from within and and everything like that and trying to help their country but there are some things that just will not change until the person in absolute who has absolute power has it changed for them so i am this is another one of my predictions this is the this war is going to end i think this is where it's going to end when uh putin says like okay that's enough you know but there's also a very real chance that one of his advisors clonks him on the head with an oversized mallet well, we'll see. Well, you know, he he tried to do that to Gorbachev. He um he organized a coup. Putin did against Gorbachev, and it failed. You, you've heard them say that that people, the news, the news stations put Swan Lake on the ballet. I don't know if you heard that during during that coup. And so when um, Russian TV uh, and radio just had to close up, uh, Echo and Rain TV. Yeah, they put uh, a picture of uh, the ballet Swan Lake up to sort of reminiscent of when they tried it. It wasn't successful, and Putin had to go make other plans and work. He had to go be mayor of a city. Was Putin and, involved in the know, coup, the one that uh, Boris Yeltsin was on so. top of the tank? Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yep, they think so. Yeah, they think he was. So I, he was. I can the, believe it. I, d- I didn't know that. but Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he went and sort of recon- reconstructed his history. But didn't somebody said the history of Russia, you may know this, Mike, has been um, tyrants and then good people, tyrants and good people. So, you know, Catherine the Great, you know, who followed, then who followed Stalin, you know, Gorbachev followed Yeltsin. Have I got that wrong? I Yeltsin Khrushchev. followed Gorbachev. Anyway. Khrushchev followed yeah. Stalin. I, well, yeah. even, you know, Catherine the Great, uh, you know, is an interesting historical figure that I, you know, we don't really have time because we've only got like thirty seconds left in this half of the show. But, uh, but there's a pendulum Kath, there. There's Kath, a pendulum. Well, Catherine the Great is certainly could be seen as a liberalizing figure in the 18th century in Russia, but at the same time, she was also still, you know, an absolute monarchist. So, you know, uh, uh, you know, increasing the centralized power of the czar. Even as she also wanted to bring in, you know, enlightenment reforms. So, I don't know. Uh, uh, Russia has a long history of authoritarianism, of, of central rule, and uh, also a long history of being really unhappy about it. So, <laughs> we'll see how things play out. I, I don't have any prediction, but I, I do think John was right about this. Anyways, I don't see any clear and easy like uh, uh, off ramps or ways to negotiate a settlement. This is. You know, I, I I don't see any particular sign of this stopping right now, um, or or w- ramping down. Um, so yeah, I think yeah. this is Putin's life's work. This is his. 
Well, I think it's purpose. It's it's become that, you know, even if he didn't mean it to be, it is now. So, but anyway, we do need to take a short break, uh, play some PSAs, promos and station IDs, and then we'll be back with more civil politics and maybe talk about some uh, domestic stuff too. Uh, Yeah. Anyway, we'll be back with more civil politics in just a couple of minutes here on Valley Free Radio. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Table of Contents is a weekly music program that assembles an assortment of songs and sounds of many genres, and which may entail literally taking a random collection of musical sources off the shelf and giving them a turn on the table or spin in a CD or tape player, each week presenting shows which can at times be organized orderly and at other times perhaps be not as much so, yet never dull. Tune in Friday nights, 10 p.m. till midnight on WXOJ LP, Northampton 103.3 FM. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Hey, this is Wendy, host of Valley Free Radio's subculture music program, featuring new wave, post-punk, indie, and electronic music from the 70s to today. Join me every Friday night from 8 to 10 p.m. here on WXOJ, or stream it live from your favorite listening device at valleyfreeradio.org. The Forbes Library staff would like to remind you of the incredible resource that you have in your local public library. We have tens of thousands of books for you to check out, music CDs, movies, newspapers from around the region, the state, and the country. We have a wide variety of magazines and free computer and internet access every day. We also have our incredible reference services there to help you answer particularly vexing problems. All of this is free, locally available at 20 West Street in Northampton, so come by and check us out in person or at www.forbeslibrary.org or call 587-1011 for more information. to Evidence-Based Radio, Science and Skepticism from a Feminist and Socialist Perspective. Every week, we explore the interesting and important stories in science with a focus on the positive. Friday nights from 6 to 7 on Valley Free Radio, 103.3 FM, or at evidencebasedarada.com. That's 6 to 7 p.m. Fridays on Valley Free Radio. And we are back with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP. 103.3 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. Uh, John Roberts and Sue, Timber, Sue Timberlake are still joining me, Michael Dow, as we do our show here. And we're going to pivot to, uh, I don't know, what in some ways might be uh, like a like a small positive secondary effect of uh, the terrible war in Ukraine, which is there seems to be a bit more unity and um, uh, a shared sense of purpose uh, in American politics right now. Uh, You know, President Biden's approval rating is ticking up close to 50 percent because I think he's doing a pretty good job of handling a very difficult crisis that, you know, we can't just go in and, and, you know, and 
you know, uh, uh, show our fangs and make everybody back down on. Um, you know, this this requires a lot of careful diplomacy and coalition building, and I think he's doing a pretty good job of that. And um, also, there's been some real. Uh, well, Sue, you actually had a had had a nice overview of what's going on in Congress. So uh, why don't you uh, 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 fill us in on uh, some actual positive developments? Like our lawmakers oh are, you know, like suddenly behaving like adults who want to, I don't know, have a functional country. It's a great idea. I think we should keep at it. So anyway, tell, go ahead. Well, well I want to I want to give credit where credit is due. John Thomas. Probably, <laughs> a, probably a year ago. I think it was about a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago. Oh, it was more that, than that. I've been talking about oh, this for a while. <laughs> you've been doing this since yeah. we did, started doing the show. <laughs> uh, earmarks. He yep. said, and I'm quoting him, and I remember very clearly, when earmarks return, things will start to move in Congress. And wasn't he right? Because yep. earmarks re- returned just now, and we have a budget that they are going to sign tomorrow because we had another um, governmental shutdown looming tomorrow night. We all forgot, right? Uh, actually, I when this did. show was on the air, Friday, Friday was yeah. set the 11th. Yeah, the Friday the 11th was is shut when we'll again. be airing, yes. Mm-hmm. Yep, and you know, they put earmarks back in and everybody got their little slice of the pie and I mean, we, we've got probably four or five different bills to talk about that have gone through both houses of Congress. And you would not have thought they would have been bipartisan, but they sure are. So I, you know, I don't know where to start on which bill, but the one that surprised me is we actually have the omnibus bill, which is actually the bill that has all 12 chapters of all the different divisions of the government. And both sides signed off on it, and Biden's going to sign it tomorrow. And we haven't had we haven't had a budget. We've been working on continuing resolutions since I think before Obama. I think we've been on CRs. You know, a little bit of you know, keep the funding the same, go for two months, sign uh, another CR. We had, CR. A, um, we had yeah. a budget uh, like a year ago or so. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. we've we, had we've we did have a full budget like within the past like five seven years i forget when mm-hmm. it was but it, at least once um but for the most part yeah we've been doing like crs and stuff like that it's really great crs certainly like certainly the the old school well we're gonna break this up and different committees are gonna vet things and whatnot and they're gonna do the thing and then we're gonna put it all together and we're gonna vote on the floor and we're gonna consider how it all works as a package and then we're gonna you know reconcile between the two branches of congress and so forth and, yeah, you know, like it's it's the the tedious, uh, 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 unexciting, uh, non glamorous grind of actually running a huge, uh, rich country with a complex uh, uh, federal government that handles a a broad range of interests for a diverse population across, you know, a whole range of of uh, environments from you know the 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 cold environments environs of alaska down to the beaches of florida so it's just uh, nice it's, it's it's a lot of work and uh we're able to we, we got it done once again oh so, yeah it's um yeah. kudos uh, to nancy pelosi among other other people for for getting this done i mean credit where it's due 
um, I'm going to have to be me again. Go ahead. Uh, and uh, a little, a little thing. Um, the uh, the omnibus passed um, partially because uh, the Democrats dropped um, COVID uh, any uh, COVID spending. Fifteen point six billion dollars for for COVID nineteen uh, had to be cut, so it would be so they it would be passed. Um, the uh, yeah, so and 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 blame where it's due to you know because yeah, Republicans got a Republican. Uh, sure, yeah, blame that I is part of the blame. Was, yeah, it was how it was going to be paid for, which is usually what my party complains about but there's 13.6 billion in there for ukraine <laughs> yeah that's yeah <laughs> 1.45 billion for the southern border who knows what that's yeah. gonna do 1.5 trillion yeah. in in total um one thing uh, i do well, want right? to say is yeah. that the you know uh, we got to get more guys on horses down there to you know attack uh, people as they're trying to cross yeah, the border exactly. right i mean one thing I will say is that uh, Americans, especially American, the American political system, um, when there is conflict, it runs smoother. Yeah. Uh, so stuff being passed now, especially when it's like greased up because there is a cause that everybody can agree on, which is, you know, war. Um, Putin is bad. Yep. Yeah, common Putin enemy. bad. Help Ukraine. Everybody's wearing a blue and yellow flag during the during the State of the Union, and well, not everybody. yeah, but like it's it was very prominent. People wearing oh yeah blue like and this is so this is not surprising. Like yes, the earmarks I think definitely something. But we've got the the this bill. We've got uh, the House and Senate passing bill to literally <laughs> save the post office. Um, which I definitely yep. want to talk about in a second, but yep. the I'm very happy are, about that. We are in uh in the middle of there is a conflict that we have a part of, and um when that happens, then the the House and the Senate usually work much better together, which is sad but true. So um just got I was just gonna be me again, missed. Beyond brand, which is rain on parades. We can't, give you, can't <laughs> we, we can't give you all the credit. Some of it's Putin's. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah the, the uh service. <laughs> Emmett um, Till bill too. The what? The, the Emmett Till. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah anti-lynching law. Took, mm -hmm. took long. Yeah, enough. no. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It yep. took long enough sure for did. the government to say lynching bad. Well, I mean, the federal <laughs> government to have a federal law. I mean, obviously, murdering someone is always, has been against state laws all along. Yeah. Part of the issue is going back, you know, 150 years or, or longer, I guess, really, you know, has been like local authorities have often far from wanting to prosecute people for, for committing these terrible crimes, have often been organizing them. And- uh, sometimes even arranging for commemorative photographs and postcards to be sent through the mail. So, yeah. 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 Well, I, I, I White supremacy that. is a sometimes horrifyingly evil thing and uh, utterly shameless. And uh, 
And, you know, I mean, you know, uh, uh, other than the color of the skin and the, the language they're speaking, it's a lot like, uh, you know, Russians blowing up a, a hospital in, in, in Ukraine. It's like, how can you possibly do that? But, but it's fine. Right. Um, yep. The dehumanized. Well, a, a bunch of other groups got caught up in this law, which is really good news for me. I guess Biden's going to sign it tomorrow, uh, Friday. So it'll be when our show runs, it'll already be signed. But they included, um, you know, the definition of this federal crime is a conspiracy that results in a violent hate crime. And by definition, they include all the um, protected groups. So that protects race, protects religion, gender, sexual orientation, and disability status. So in okay. fixing this huge omission, you know, this bill, it was, it's named after Emmett Till because, you know, he was, a, was he 14 years old yes. in the 50s and he was brutally murdered. Um, you know, they finally passed it and it was bipartisan. I mean, it, it, it passed the House and Senate this week. So I mean, I mean it should have passed unanimously fifty years ago, but yes. A <laughs> hundred years ago. It's actually it's actually uh I mean variations of it before yes. Emmett Till anti lynching bill. Yeah, for a hundred years they've had it. You know, it's been introduced I guess every couple of years in the in the House. So anyway. So I'm I'm especially excited because it, it put all those other groups in there too, so that it's uh, it's now a federal crime, so that's great. That is good. But, uh, and and funding for the <laughs> well, funding for the post office. Uh, like there's there's more to say about that, but I, that includes like I think uh, uh, an, uh, 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 a measure to uh, upgrade to uh, you know uh, electric trucks or something like that to you know uh, have the post office be more to reduce its carbon footprint. And uh, you know, to to continue to fund and support one uh, a great American institution that uh, helps bind the whole country together. Um, so I'm, I, as I've said before, I'm a big fan of the post office. But uh, is there more to say about that genre? Uh, the biggest thing is how this helps the post office. Um, please, please tell the, me more. Uh, the legislation takes away the requirement to fund the the. Um, uh, the health care of its workers for seventy five years. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's not the pension plan. It's the it's the health care. Uh, oh. Costs. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. I um, it was pension. Mostly. I think it was the, both, isn't it? No. It's both. Uh, the bill would end the requirement. The bill would end requirement that the post office finance workers' health care benefits ahead of time for the next seventy five years. Uh, so that instead, the post office would require future retirees to enroll in Medicare and would pay current retirees actual health care costs that aren't covered by the federal health insurance program for older people. So they are moving the uh, requirement for the post office specifically to cover their health care costs and putting them into uh, Medicare. Medicare. Good. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you know, more. the socialized medicine that we have that everybody loves. So, um, but yeah, the, the health care of the, the, it was the health care benefits of the, of the post office workers um, that has been taken away. And that, that singular part of their budget has what ha has been a major part of why the post office has been hamstrung for decades. It's, it's, it's been the millstone around thing. their neck. 
Yeah, exactly. So now that they've gotten rid of that, they can uh, do six days a week. Um, uh, delivery going to require that. Yeah, yep, they require they, six days. Don't they already do six days a week? Yeah, they were going to yeah. cut it. Oh, oh, I see. A lot of I the see. reasons. So we're not going to lose service because good, 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 good exactly. Good, good, good. Um, a lot of a lot of the um the the issues that a lot of the reasons why uh DeJoy was able to say well we're going to cut back on this we're going to cut back on that is because uh he was claiming that the post office was get, going to be insolvent so now they have money so now they don't have to worry about that stuff and they can overhaul Excellent. things I, you know and and didn't they fund they funded something because they had a five billion dollar loss last year? So I think they they took care of it too in that process. I may be wrong about that. I think the, they actually gave them some money to the pay government down did some give things. them yeah, they did pass some legislation to give them an infusion of cash. Uh especially it was it was primarily because of the election coming. Um mm. Uh, because the the post office was so important, so they they did um, shore up their their budget. But now their budget is going to be there's going to be a lot more breathing room, which means that hopefully that uh, this will stabilize the the post office. Hopefully it'll ex- be able to expand in certain areas, um, and maybe when this is when it's actually solvent and when they have like post offices like small post uh, like small post offices open uh they'll be able to put some banks in there that'd be pretty cool mm. yeah well they do that in britain they have it's a pub and a post office and that's where you get money and i forget what else there's like five things that are in those little the East little post office in England. So I, you know, a lot of us rely on the post office for, Oh, I don't know, getting prescription drugs. And I've been getting bills. I've been getting bills lately the day they're due. And I, they just came in the mail today. I had one and where it was for 12 days. I have no idea because they say they generated it like 20 days ago, but you know, a lot of bills I know at work, we have a lot of people who say, I really, I put the check in the mail and we never got it. And and they're not telling, I mean, people used to say that and it wasn't true. It's really true right now. I registered my car and my check went into Never Neverland, never to be seen again. Mailed two months before my registration was due. I had to pay again and uh, register my car. So DeJoy did a lot of damage to the post office. Do you know, I know Biden was working on replacing him. I think they got the committee up to a quorum that reviews him, but I haven't heard anything else because they were, they were planning to get rid of him as soon as they possibly could. They Um, haven't been able to do that yet. Um, uh, He is, he is putting in uh, more like people and they might be able to review, but like um, there has been any movement on that yet. The right now, oh. the, 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 the whole thing with this is just now they have money, you know? Yeah. So, um, and he was being boxed into a corner before because of what he was doing during the election. Um, speaking of the election, uh, something different yes. that I just remembered happening. Uh, they have finished the uh, review of the census that the Trump administration uh, did, um, you know, just under the wire, like the like they were turning in an essay just before the bell rang, 
Like that's yeah, that's basically oh, what they happened. Stopped they, the counting. They, they yeah. did stop the counting. They, they, they did. A, they did a historically right. bad job, is my understanding. Um, they they have determined that a like a criminal amount of minority people, black, brown, um, things like that, uh, were undercounted. Wait, so you say oh a criminal amount, or do you mean a shameful amount? Either way. It's just well, law. I mean, law, not, not criminal, not means, literally criminal. You know, I mean, okay. it's it's just, stupid. It's I hate it. <laughs> I hate I, it. I, I don't like it. I'm again it myself. I just like you say criminal. I'm like, wait, does that mean there could be sweet buttery, ju- you know, judicial consequences no, for people? No, uh, I don't think so. Uh, um, can they re- can they redo it? Can they can the they yes again? Yes, they can. They can. Yeah, no, oh. they absolutely can. Uh, the Biden administration can conduct another census. Like the census is required every 10 years. So they have to do it at least that often. But it is not against the law uh, for, you know, like they're not forbidden from doing it again to to basically get it right. And they could use that to um, uh, uh, refine and redistrict and so forth uh, after 2022. So like oh, they, 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 they can't do it in time for, for the elections this year, but for the next presidential election cycle, yes, they, they, they could, uh, you know, assuming that, uh, you know, uh, Congress doesn't, you know, pass laws forbidding them from, from spending money on it, you know, kind of thing. So here's but the, um, the first couple thing paragraphs from a, uh, from an article from, um, PBS news hour. Uh, yep. The 2020 census missed an unexpectedly small percentage of the total U.S. Pop- population, given the unprecedented challenges it faced, according to a report released Thursday. But civil rights leaders were outraged that Black, Hispanic, and American Indian residents were overlooked at higher rates than a decade ago. So the percentage of people overlooked during the 2020 census was much higher for some minority groups, with the Asian population being an exception. The Census Bureau said in a report that measured how well the once-a-decade headcount tallied every U.S. resident and whether certain populations were undercounted or, or overrepresented in the count. Overcounts take take place, for example, if someone home owns a vacation home and is kind of there as well, the home trash, blah, blah, blah. But there are people from like the National Urban League that are like, what what the hell? This is this is terrible because it is. If you're undercounting um black and Hispanic and basically BIPOC people, then you are screwing them over in so many different ways. Um, like uh in uh Louisiana where they they've redrawn the um the congressional map and there's only one black uh black populated um majority district. black district yeah yeah mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. only one there should be two uh there are so many black people in Louisiana but the republicans there like were able to to do that and part i think part of the reason is because the census was so screwed up so there's going to be a legal battle there. Like the the governor is probably going to veto that, and then they might have to they might actually overturn the veto. But this is just terrible. It's just the the issues of the of the Trump administration are are literally going to be be, be with us for a generation through the courts through the census because I highly doubt that they're going to do the census again. Highly, highly doubt it. 
Um, well, so because you, like someone's going to be that, like, oh, it cost, cost too much. We already did it. You know, so, they all actually so say that think, before. You think my party just they they misspoke when they said the election was, you know, things weren't counted right. They really meant the census. That's how I'm going to. I'm going to sure. do this. Is that that's really that's really what they meant? They didn't mean the election. They meant the census. Didn't get uh, your party says a oh lot boy. of things. <laughs> All the, well, they say a lot of things. All right. Well, I misspoke. I misspoke. <laughs> I misspoke. In fact, Mr. Putin is not a brilliant, strong leader who I admire greatly. He's a totalitarian monster who's killing killing innocents. I will stick to that position until this new cycle ends and people stop caring about Ukraine again. But yes, and then I'll go back to it. So actually, oh actually, since we're gonna, since we're taking a moment to to, to complain about uh, uh, the Trump administration and its lingering damaging effect. Uh, there's a federal judge, Stephen Meriday, who I believe Trump appointed to the, to the, to a circuit court in Florida. Um, and he, uh, has, uh, ruled that, um, the U S Navy is not allowed to, uh, reassign an officer who, uh, from commanding a guided missile destroyer, uh, because, that officer uh, refuses to get vaccinated against COVID-19, which is the Navy requires them to do. And the Navy is saying like, uh, you know, he's he's disobeying a direct order and we've lost confidence in his ability to lead. Uh, so we want to remove him from this post. And the judge has issued an injunction forbidding them to do so because of, they say, says the man's religious liberty is being infringed. And Oh, boy. Um, yeah. And so oh so the Navy is like, well, all right, we don't want to deploy this ship with him in charge and you won't let us put someone else in charge. So this ship is now out of commission. Um, and I think they were talking about deploying it to the Baltic Sea or to the, you know, to the Black Sea to, you know, because of the crisis in Ukraine. So, uh, you know, this is this is um, among other things. The Trump administration and the Republican Party more generally has long been pushing a theory. Uh, you may remember this from the good old days of the George W. Bush administration and Dick Cheney and Karl Rove and all those guys. Uh, the unitary executive, the idea that the president is the sole real power in the executive branch and uh, the president's decisions about the executive branch can't be gainsayed or his authority can't be vitiated by you know, say independent panels like the, uh, uh, you know, Federal Reserve or Postmaster General or whatever, you know, like basically the president has total control of the executive branch, can hire and fire people and make all these decisions. And the president's power as commander in chief is certainly uh, one of, if not the most important power that the president has. And the this you know sole Republican judge has basically stuck his oar in to prevent uh, the Navy from functioning as directed by the Commander in Chief. Mm. And uh, time for the Supreme Court. Time for uh, the Supreme Court. Well, the my understanding is the Eleventh uh, Federal Circuit, a Federal Appellate Court, has upheld the decision. So, uh, you know, because that's out of Florida. So, uh, yeah. So, um, uh, you know, once again, there's no principle the Republican Party cares about so much as doing it as, as getting their way at the expense of everyone else. So, 
Well, That's you know, my Supreme- partisan complaint for the evening. Thank you. <laughs> Well, the Supreme Court actually has decided that that's one place that that um, you can have all these vaccine mandates and mass mandates, and that's in the military. So that one they've actually already decided and supported. But this case will have to get held up against that. Yeah, well, um, we'll see. Yeah, it- and that was the conservative justices in the Supreme Court upheld it. It was like, yep, nope, they can they can make them get vaccinations in the in the service. So that one that one's sort of already been up the flagpole. But oh boy, uh, we'll we'll see. And I mean, this it- is a this is a religious liberty. This is the you know religious yep. freedom restoration act argument. So which yeah, I, you know people like me were Supreme- saying was a terrible legal precedent and a bad decision years ago when it happened, and um, yeah. Yay. Yay. You know, you know, Cassius Clay didn't want to fight in the Vietnam War because he was a pacifist. And he was uh, it was quite a famous case where he actually ended up winning that he didn't have to he didn't have to go, even though he was a boxer. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Well, we live in interesting times, but I'm so glad Congress is working again, I think. Uh, Well, I'm glad at at very least that the federal government is properly funded and will, you know, carry on its necessary functions and yeah, I'll go with that throughout one. the U.S. economy and our society. Yeah, could, could be worse, certainly. Oh, hey, I, I love that. That <laughs> It yeah. could be worse. Yeah. I mean, you know, climate change is still bad. I mean, we could be having <laughs> floods like, like, like large parts of Australia are having right now. I just don't want to lampshade like the actual issues that we have to deal with. But anyway, we have to go. <laughs> oh, the music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, thank you all for listening to Civil Politics tonight here on Valley Free Radio. Uh, coming up next is Subculture, followed by Table of Contents at 10 and OK Asia at midnight. Uh, we have a podcast version of the show going out over the to all the services uh, in the wee hours of Monday morning and a repeat broadcast on Monday afternoons at 4 p.m. So listen to us all over again. But that'll do it for now. Thanks for listening. Good night. Civil Politics is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more, go to planetsidepodcasts.com.